0: Kind of go where we're going to go. So, Father God, again, we just thank you for everything that's taken place already tonight. God, you're so amazing. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, as we come around your your scriptures tonight, God, I thank you, Father, Lord. Um, they're just so rich, and there's so much, and I just believe and receive, Father, that there's something here for everyone tonight, Lord, and that Father, that you by your Holy Spirit will just make that clear and um, easily, you know broken down into where we can all take away something tonight of, of the goodness of your word and the goodness of god And we just thank you for it lord and we praise you for it lord in jesus name um it's been a while since uh, i've s- uh, Spoke um, and uh, some of you may have been here. This is a continuing series So we're going to be continuing in a, a study of exodus tonight um, and uh, as you can see There's uh, this question and answer, and there's some blanks there. And as we go through tonight, there will be times that um, you guys—it's audience participation. So I'm going to be looking for answers. So um, if I can reach you, I might give you the microphone. Uh, We've tried it where we have somebody run around with the microphone, but it it just ends up with too much dead air. So, um, but, but we have to have everything, the answers and the questions on on a mic in order to be heard and recorded. So just so you know what's going on. So I will be repeating when you say the answer, you know, I'm just saying it again so that they can hear it if if uh, um, online and when they record it. So, so um, we've been talking about Moses and, uh, you know, I've got this little heading there that says God's dealing with leaders, but you really can... Make it much, much broader. It's really God's dealing with anyone. God's dealing with anyone. So even though you may not see yourself as a leader tonight, and it's like, well, this isn't going to apply to me. Um, this is really just so. There's a lot of principles in here that about how God works with us and helps us and encourages us to to be obedient and to do the things that He wants us to do, and just just some principles that are good for all of us, whether we're in a place of leadership in the world or the church or anything. So. Um, so don't let that title throw you off and think, well, that's not going to apply to me. It is because if you're alive and you're a believer tonight, there's something about the way that God works in our lives that, that we'll see in the life of Moses that for all of us, whether we're a leader or not. So, um, it starts out, we're going to just as the tail end of Exodus three, which we've actually covered, but I just want to since, especially since it's been so long since we've, um, met together around this study. But in Exodus 3, verse 11, it says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And again, if you don't know the Bible story, you can read it again. Exodus is, Genesis, Exodus, second book of the Bible. Um, God has sent, or is talking to Moses about going into Israel excuse me, going to Egypt where the children of Israel are slaves. Egypt at the, t- the time uh, when God is talking to Moses is the superpower. It is the most powerful nation on on the face of the planet. Um, I, I, something that just to try to help us understand, because we can just read through this. I'm very guilty of it. You know, who am I? Should I go to Pharaoh that I should bring the children of Israel, you know, Israel out of Egypt? So he said, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, if you don't really stop and think about it, what God was asking Moses to do is equivalent in our world, our world today, of us, just a person, going to Putin, Putin, I'm not sure I'm saying that right, the leader of Russia, and, and say that, you know, you need to let the Ukraine, Ukrainian people stop, let them go, you know, give back Crimea, okay? Do I have any volunteers for that job tonight? Okay, do you think that you'd get very far? Okay, well, we'll send you Margie. (laughs) She's a woman of great faith there. (laughs) Okay, so, um, anyway, so that's maybe not the best example, but still, what God was asking Moses to do was a really, really big deal. It's, you know, we read this as, you know, and we we read these things, we have them taught to us in Sunday school, and so we're so familiar with them that, sometimes the gravity or the magnitude of of what was, was inside these, you know, things that are taking place just kind of gets lost because, you know, we're looking at the, you know, in our mind, we just see our little flannel graph characters going up on the, you know, however we may have first heard this story. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So God said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, there's a lot of stuff in there. I'm not going to go through all of that. We're just going to kind of pull out a principle here. But um, that's an amazing statement that God makes. I will certainly be with you. We're going to kind of catch some more of that. Let's go ahead, though, and move on. So tonight we're going to focus on Exodus chapter 4. So this is Exodus 4, verse 1. Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. It's a pretty valid question, huh? Okay, so somebody walked up to you and said God talked to them. What's your first reaction going to be? Yeah, how do I know you're saying the truth or how you know? Um, Even in an audience of church people who are used to prophets hearing from God, even when I just said that statement, my first reaction is, Okay, <laughs> you know, I think you're maybe a little crazy um, And so Moses said But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you Okay, so um, now in in the end of chapter 3 And in verse 4, chapter 1 God, God will say, you know, God's already told Moses You're the person You're going to go, you're going to go do this And Moses begins to uh, do something. And so I've got a question there. Do you begin to notice a pattern here? When God says something to Moses, what does Moses always begin to do? He has questions. Okay? Valid, right? Okay? Even in the New Testament, the angel appears to Mary and says, you're going to have a baby. Mary says, how can this be? Okay? Questions. It's not such a bad thing, right? Maybe a little bit more information. So he's asking, you know, suppose they're not going to listen to me or believe me. Um, you know, I've got some questions, okay? It's not, not a bad thing. If you're going to do something for the Lord, probably should ask some questions, find out more about what's going on. So the Lord said to him, this is verse 2, what, what is that in your hand? And he said, a rod. Okay, so this he's, remember, Moses was uh, watching the flocks of his father-in-law. I don't know if they're sheep or goats. But anyway, so he's got his shepherd tool, a rod. And God said, cast it on the ground. So he casts it down on the ground, and it becomes a serpent or a snake. And I love this part. Moses ran from it. I am so with Moses. You know, know, that would freak me out. You know? Okay? But anyway. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail you know, yeah, so some of you are with me on this. It's like, yeah, it's like I will reach for a, a shotgun. You know, Kelly, I don't know what your weapon of choice is if you find a rattler out on the ranch. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, no, I'm not reaching for his tail. I'm reaching for something to cut his head off. Anyway, so the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Moses reached out his hand. He caught it. <laughs> so I can just see him like as far away as he can get and yet still reach that thing It became a rod again in his hand That they may believe that the lord god of their fathers the god of abraham the god of isaac and the god of jacob has appeared to you Okay, so he's given a sign If they don't believe that you're sending me god How, how what am I going to do? How am I what am I going to do? What am I going to say? So god says take that st- stick throw it on the ground Okay, <clears throat> so next question. When Moses has a question, does God always have an answer? Yeah, if you watch through this, you'll see this. Mario's just being safe back there. <laughs> He's like, I don't do too many trick questions. So there's some, there's some people that, that like to trick audiences, but I'm, I'm not one of those. So, yeah, you'll see a pattern here. And there, there probably are times when God doesn't have an answer. But when God is dealing with Moses here, he's always got an answer. Okay? So, now here's something else. We're going to see this again and again. So we're going to pick up a pattern here, even though we're, this is the first example of it. We're going to pull something out. We can begin to see a pattern in that every miraculous sign, Moses has a part and God has a part. Moses has a part, and God has a part. Okay, so next question is, what is Moses' part in the rod becoming a serpent? Okay, or just the first part, just throw it down. Okay, now some of you have pins in your writing with, you know, so if you saw that as your rod, is that like this impossible, back-breaking, you know, like just at the end of Moses' abilities to be able to do that? Is it a hard thing? No, it's not hard at all. All of us tonight, if we had a pen or a stick, we could drop that puppy on the ground. Okay? So Moses' part wasn't very hard, was it? Was God's part? Yeah. Yeah, God's part was. And God's part was in what? In throwing down the circuit. What did did God had to do? Okay, I have no clue how he does that. <laughs> he's God. Okay. Pretty pretty amazing, but you know, if he can design all the things that he's designed, it's like that that is so beyond me. But um but but that's God. So when Moses, God gives Moses some instructions and he gives Moses something to do. This first example, it's something that's not real real hard for Moses to do. He can do this. Okay? So let's go to the next, uh, if you want to turn your page, uh, top of the page two. So let's look at the next one. Furthermore, the Lord said to him. Okay, so God goes, he doesn't just give him one sign, he's going to give him another. Okay, now put your hand in your bosom or your clothing. And he put his hand in his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous. I don't remember what translation I used, but I probably should have used something a little more modern. Okay, so... He put his hand in his clothing when he took it out. Behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Okay, so leprosy is the skin disease. In um, that day, there was no cure. I don't know about now if there's cures for it. Maybe not still And for some strains of it. So very, very serious thing. So Moses put his hand in came out leprous like snow verse 7 and he said put your hand in your bosom again So he put his hand in the bosom again. He drew it out of his bosom and behold it was restored like his other flesh So verse 8 God speaking then it will be that if they do not believe you nor heed the message of the first sign That they may believe the message of the latter sign Okay, so again just to pull out the pattern. What is Moses's part in this little sign or miracle? Okay, for those of us that have pockets that are closed, is that real hard to do? Mm -mm. Could any one of us do that tonight? Isn't that pretty amazing? Any one of us could do these things. Okay, what is God's part? Okay, both to to cause the hand to turn white and have leprosy and to, to heal it again. So, again, God's part's really hard, huh? (laughs) Any people to want to take on doing God's part? Pretty hard, huh? Okay, verse 9. Now see, so God gave him one example with the stick and the snake. He gave him two examples with the hand going in and leprosy and leprosy healing again. And verse 9, he gives him another example. And it shall be if they do not even believe these two signs or listen to your voice, then you shall take water from the river and pour it on dry land. The water which you take from the river will become blood on the dry land. Okay? Again, I know this is really redundant. What is Moses' part? Anybody have a water bottle tonight or coffee cup? Okay, is it real hard to pour that out? Let's not do it on the carpet. (laughs) Especially if it's coffee. But, um, okay, so Moses' part's not real hard. What does God have to do? Turn it into blood. Okay, so all these things. So Moses has a part, and it's really simple, really common. It's nothing extraordinary. He's not going to the tallest mountain. He's not, you know, having to do anything extraordinary. He's just doing common, everyday things, picking up a stick, putting it down, um, putting his hand in his pocket, taking it back out, uh, pouring, you know, getting some water in a cup and pouring it out. Okay, so why do you think that God uses this pattern of Moses having a part than God having a part. Why do you think that God uses this pattern where God has a part and, and a Moses or a person has a part? Any, Okay, so could you say that one more time? Okay, so it's testing obedience. Any other, anything else anybody else wants to throw out there? Okay, we've got a couple things. What was that? Okay, so testing Moses' faith. Okay, so it's trust. Okay, so faith, trust, Moses. Now, I'm going to kind of just throw this out there. In these things that Moses was doing, did God tell or instruct Moses that he needed to have great faith to do them? Okay, so even for this, now, in the New Testament, you're going to see where we are required to have some faith, but you don't see that here. It's just simple obedience. Simple obedience. Now, but God has a part, and man has a part. Now, next question. Why doesn't God just do it all by himself? You think God wants to show off. So he's got kind of this personality. I don't know my A, you know, what is it, the D-I-S-C personality. So I don't know which is the show off, but okay, he has this kind of personality. Um, So, okay, any other answers? Why, Why doesn't God just do it all by himself? Okay, so Moses wouldn't learn. Anybody else that might not learn anything? Okay, because if Moses didn't go through these things and write them down for us, we wouldn't know either. Okay, so there's some things that maybe God's wanting to teach. Why doesn't God just do it all by himself? Any other thoughts or suggestions? Okay, so if God did it all by himself, how are we going to learn how to trust him? Any? Okay, I see a lot of people shaking their heads. So God wanted us to have a part. Isn't that huge? I mean, that just gives me goosebumps. God wanted us to have a part. And it gives him joy and it gives us joy. And I may have paraphrased that a little bit. but um, Okay, so that's a really, really good point. That if, you know, so if God just supernaturally, you know, let's say this big cloud came over the land of Israel You know like a big hovercraft picked up all the Israelites and carried them to the land of Israel They would have been probably really really scared This whole supernatural thing that they have no idea what's going on. They don't know who's doing it Whereas when God involves Moses, God gives them somebody they can talk to and they can see so that's a really really good point Thank you Okay, so um, God doesn't just do it all himself and the next question Can God do it all by himself? Can God do it all by himself? Sure, he's sovereign, some people are saying. So he can, he can do those things by himself, but he might not have been able to convince the people he is who he says he is. That's a really good question. Are there things that God cannot do? Okay, he's limited himself, huh? So there's places where he's limited himself. Can God, could God. Okay, next question. Could Moses do it all by himself? Okay, there's no question there, huh? We don't have a question about Moses being able to just walk in Pharaoh's office, you know, and tell him to let the children of Israel go, or his throne room. But when it comes to God, do you know that that one thing... That one thing, that one thing, our understanding of the sovereignty of God is probably the greatest thing that limits God in the earth. Because we're waiting for him to do it. We're waiting for him to do it. Our understanding of God being sovereign over all the earth. The scripture says... The earth he has given to the sons of men. The earth he has given to the sons of men. And that's part of that limiting that some people had mentioned. God has limited himself. And so there are things that God has put into the hands of men. So we have horrible crises going on tonight in our world. And there are people who blame God. Because if he's sovereign and he's good, why is he letting this happen? But the earth he has given into the sons of men. And so, um, so there is this part that because of the limitations that God has put on himself, there are things that he needs involvement. If you are familiar with the story of Abraham, God needed Abraham. Abraham. Yeah, we don't want to go there, do we? <laughs> Somebody said we're the hindrance. And that's true. We don't want to go there. We don't want to take responsibility. Um, anyway, so we could spend a lot more time on that point, but we probably better keep going on our, our thing. But just, just allow that. Allow the Lord to just continue to talk about what, what he's sovereign over, what we're sovereign over, and, uh, and, and, and how that works together. Now, um, there's this little highlighted part. I think it came out highlighted in yours. It says the pattern of God having a part and our having a part is all over scripture. Now, I used one example here. Uh, I preached a message a f- few months ago now, um, maybe even a year ago. I don't know if that time goes by. But uh, if you guys will remember the story of where Jesus turns the water into wine. Jesus turning water into the wine. Supernatural, miraculous. But the servants who were carrying out the natural things of filling the water pots. Jesus gave him just like Moses, fill the water pots. Is that hard? You know, so there's this principle that Jesus involved people. Just like Father God does here working with, with uh, Moses. And then then here in verse 16, you know, it doesn't say in Mark chapter 16 that after Jesus goes to heaven that everybody's going to get saved. Everybody's going to get healed. And we're all going to just have a glorious party. It doesn't say that. But it does say that if you take up serpents, drink any deadly thing, that it's not going to hurt you. But if you, not me, he didn't say, I'm going to go around and lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. You know, where Jesus just kind of floats around and after, in his resurrection body. And, oh, Jesus is here in church today. You know, so everybody line up for the healing line. Jesus is here. He doesn't say that. He says, you. You. Us, we have a part. Is it hard, you know, some of you are closer to other people than not. Is it hard to put your hand on the person next to you? Is that a hard thing to do? Mm -mm. That's our part. And again, in the New Testament, we are required to have faith But you know, God is a big God. Anyway, so it says they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. You hear that phrase? The Lord working with them. The Lord working with them. I want to just say, before we keep moving on, just to reiterate the point that was made. It pleases God for us to have a part. It pleases God for us to have a part. So Exodus 4 verse 10 says, Then Moses said to the Lord, "Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. I love this line. I'm not eloquent. I'm not a good speaker. Neither before you spoke to me or after you've appeared to me in this burning bush and you have speaking to me, I still don't speak good. I am slow of speech and I'm slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who's made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. O Lord... I am not eloquent. And even though I'm seeing you in this apparition in this burning bush and I'm having this amazing God encounter, I still am slow of speech. Okay? So, next question. Um, here's Moses with a reason why he can't do what God is asking him to do. So, what is his reason? What is his excuse? He doesn't speak well. Now, some have said that may sound like a stutter. Okay, um, it must have been something real. Okay, so God's not going to put something in his scriptures that's just there. Okay, uh, I don't know if you know, um, there's actually many great orators, Oral Roberts is one of them, that they stuttered. Um, I don't know, right off the top of my head, I'm not thinking of the others, but I've heard of other testimonies where there, okay, Benny Hinn is another one, who had speech impediment. They had difficulty speaking um, our own pastor shared Sunday, how he was challenged in that area and didn't want to, you know, stand up. But through God, you know, they overcame. Um, God said, I am slow of speech, or excuse me, Moses said, I'm slow of speech. And so the reason he says, what is his excuse? Now you'll see the next question. Moses first had questions, okay, and we talked about that. You guys were so good just to pick up on that right away. When he, you know, God's telling him to do this, he starts asking questions. You know, what am I supposed to say if they ask your name? Um, what am I supposed to do if they don't believe me? Those are just questions. But here he's moved moved from qu- just having questions to having um, some, some um, you know, he's moved to having reasons why he can't do what God is asking him to do. Does God accepts, accept Moses' reason why he can't do what God is asking Okay, so I had had a little blending there. Those that say no, what makes you say that? Go ahead. Okay, so it's a a lame excuse, limp excuse. And God is saying, and, and when you really stop and think, and again, we have to realize that Moses, he's just meeting God for the first time. So he doesn't have you know, 20 years of Bible college or anything like that. He's just meeting God for the first time. And so it was probably revelation knowledge to him that God made man's mouth. You know, we don't really know what all he knew about God. So, I mean, so for us, we look at this and it's like, you know, Moses, you know, you really should have, you know, got that figured out. But, but you know, so Moses has a reason. Does God accept his reason why he's asking? So some say no because it's a lame excuse or limp excuse. Some said yes. Why do you think that God accepted his excuse? Anybody? Okay, so he does make allowances, huh? Okay, and we're going to get to that in just a second. Okay, so um, verse 13, let's go ahead and read. But he said, Oh my Lord, please sin by the hand. This is Moses again. Please sin by the hand of whomever, whomever else you may send. Send someone else. It's not, it's not send me, O oh Lord, whatever those little choruses are, you know. It's like, send Pastor Eric, Lord, send Pastor Eric, let him go to Africa, you know. <laughs> I'm going to stay here. <laughs> so, okay, so, and some people have already mentioned that. Verse 14, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. And look, he's also coming out to meet you. So the very place of Moses' weakness, isn't that interesting? Aaron had a strength in the very place that Moses was weak. I know that he can speak well, and look, he's also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. Did you catch that? Isn't God sneaky? Did you notice that? I'll be with your mouth too. And when you go through and you read the rest of Exodus, I don't know if Aaron ever says anything. <laughs> and when he does say some things, it gets him in trouble. <laughs> you know, so, so um, <clears throat> but look what God just kind of slips in there. I'll be with your mouth too. Isn't that God is so good? So, um, he'll be, I'll be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. And you shall take this rod in your hand, and with which with which you shall do the signs. Okay, and and I'm really glad whoever said that 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 God is actually, and and you can see this principle in Scripture too, in a lot of different places. God is meeting Moses where he's at. He didn't require Moses to come up to some level higher than what Moses was able to do. So if Moses' was sticking place and his stopping place was his speech. God actually made allowance for that, and and I would have put a different answer down. So thank you, <laughs> thank you for teaching me tonight, <laughs> because it's true. Yes, sir. Hmm. God, his anger was kindled against Moses. Yes. Uh, Moses. God got mad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. It's a really. Yes, yes. God got irritated. So if you could picture God's face, it might have turned a little red if he was one of us. (laughs) I don't know what color it turned, but so, okay. So, um, and so does this response, when God, when Moses makes these excuses, does it make God happy? No. Okay. So God wasn't thrilled with that, Um, but he does meet Moses where he's at. Mm-hmm. He was more so. He was saying, you know, um, the, the you know, comments being made is that he's showing a lack of faith and that God's gonna, yeah, that God will take care of everything. And, and I want to really, I'm going to slide this in. Moses was so aware of his weaknesses, he was not aware of God's strengths. Okay? Moses was so aware of his weaknesses that his view or understanding of the strength of God, and again, Moses doesn't have the, you know, Bible college or any background. This is his first meeting with God, but his awareness of his own weaknesses was so much greater than God's ability that it was like God, you know, but God, God allowed for that. God allowed him to take his brother Moses and, and to work, work that in. Okay, just for sake of time, we're going to go. Did you have a point? Moses was so aware of his weaknesses that he could not see God's strengths or ability to use him, even in his weakness, would be the way to f- to finish that out. So we better just keep moving on. Um, verse 18. So Moses went and returned to f- Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. Okay, so Moses goes back. He speaks to his father-in-law. Remember, his father-in-law was, was basically his employer and who he was working for, you know, worked in his father-in-law's house. And, and Jethro said to, his, said to Moses, Go in peace, or shalom. Now the Lord said to Moses and Midian, Go return to Egypt, for all the men who sought your life are dead. Then Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand, and the Lord said to Moses, when you get back to Egypt, or go back to Egypt, see that you do all these wonders before Pharaoh, which I've put in your hand. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let this people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. So... Um, a lot in those verses. I just want to bring out one more point, and we're actually going to stop there for tonight. And you guys can kind of finish the rest. Most of the rest is a part of, uh, it's a place of, you know, just some principles and things like that. But but I want to, let's, let's, we'll just finish tonight with this one last thing. So we see Moses leaving the burning bush And he goes back to his father-in-law and says, you know, I need to go to Egypt. I need to go check on the, you know, my, my, the Israelites, my brethren who are in Egypt. So, and Jethro says to Moses, go in peace. Now, I don't know how long it was between verse 18 and verse 19. Moses went, got permission. Jethro said, okay, sounds good. Adios. Adios. But verse 19, Moses is still in Midian. (laughs) Moses was still in Midian. Now the Lord said to Moses in Midian. So it may have been a while. Can't say for sure. But God gives him another piece of information. For those that were here, the first few lessons we talked about... What caused Moses to leave Egypt in the first place? And it says here that, you know, that God again meeting Moses where he's at. Listen to what God tells Moses: Go, return to Egypt. For all the men who sought your life are dead. Something was keeping Moses from obeying. Anybody want to venture out a guess what it might have been? Okay, he was afraid. That people were going to kill him. That, that his life was still wanted. And even though 40 years has passed, he was afraid. And what does God do for him? He says, those people are dead. He puts his mind at ease. Isn't God good? So you see that in, in Moses, and again, it's a super huge point of this whole study, is that place where Moses is so human. We can go through and we'll start looking, you know, if we continued on in the study through through all the signs and wonders. I mean, and it's just, I mean, Moses is really bold. And Moses, I mean, he parts the Red Sea, okay? How many of us are going to go out to, you know, even though the North Canadian or whatever it is, the little river that goes through Boiling Springs isn't very big, the one that crosses the highway, you know, but I'll line up to watch anybody who wants to go out there tonight and, uh, you know, Hit it with your stick and, you know, let's see. Let's, let's see if you got the goods. See, but we, we read about the things that God used and did through Moses. And we see Moses as this, you know, person that's 12 feet tall, you know, six feet wide, superhuman. But when you actually look in the scriptures, you see Moses being just like us. And God meeting him every step of the way. Even in his weakness. Even in his weakness. When he was afraid. In his stuttering. Okay, I'll let you take Aaron. And even though he was mad, you know, Moses didn't pull any punches. God was not happy about him and his attitude. Um, But God still met Moses every step of the way. um, If you want to just stand with me tonight. Now... um, you can either continue on um, on your own. We, did, we only got about halfway, so we may actually just pick up and, and finish the last couple pages before we move on. Or we may, may not finish this. I don't know. But, but, I, but I know that we've already got what God wanted us to get tonight. So I'm just going to close in prayer. And so, Father God, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and for your love. Father God, tonight, I, I know, we wouldn't be this doing this study if you didn't have Moses' in the room. Both men or women. I don't know what the female form of Moses is. <laughs> but, you know, um, we'll say Mary. People that are going to do these amazing things. Father God, you've got people in this room tonight. And Father God, there are people who have been in a place where God You've let them know enough Just like you have had this meeting with Moses that we're reading about They have had a meeting with you And they've had questions and They've had reasons and They've had excuses Because father God that's just we're just people and we do those things And father God tonight Lord, I just I just ask that in the name of Jesus, that you gently and tenderly remind us of anybody, Father, that, that has had those kind of a place and a place with the Lord. And, and through being too aware of our own weaknesses, we've thrown out excuses. We've thrown out reasons why God just sent somebody else. use somebody else, I am not going to do what you've asked me to do. If, there's, if that is anybody tonight, God, we just believe we receive that in your gentleness, your mercy, and your love, that just like you met Moses, you'll meet them tonight. And Father God, not in his place of, you know, with this big stick, getting ready to hit him over the head because they didn't do what you asked him to do the first time. But just as you met Moses and say, okay, you, you've got a weakness here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send somebody with you that has a strength in that area. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your amazing ability. Lord, if we even just spent, we could have spent all night tonight just on what had to happen in the realm of physical science for cells of wood to turn into living flesh and bone and blood and nerves. And Father God, it's so beyond our understanding. And yet, God, you know how to do those things. And it's easy for you. It's easy for you. And Father God, whatever it is that you've asked any of us to do, you have reserved the hard part for yourself. Because you know what we're able to do and what we're not able to do. And I thank you, Father God, that whatever those things are that you've asked of us, like Joshua, like Caleb, Lord, let us move into that place of having this confession that we are well able to do our part. God will do the rest. We are well able to do our part. God will do the rest. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just believe or receive that tonight. And so, Father God, I just bless your, your children. I bless this congregation. I bless those that are at the pool party. I bless those, Father, who, who weren't, just able, weren't able to make it either it's because they're working or just they're resting tonight. But, Lord, we bless this house because, Father, you have great things in store. And we just give you all the praise and the glory for it tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you... Um, If you need prayer tonight, there will be altar workers, prayer workers, that will be over by the little table over there at the front of the sanctuary. So thank you, guys. Have a blessed evening.